Hey y'all, before we jump into today's episode, we would like to invite you to a special event we're hosting on May 30th called Women in Whiskey. Join us for an adult field trip filled with Southern fun at the Jack Daniels Distillery right here in our home state of Tennessee. Get ready to learn while sipping. We will be taking a private tour of the distillery, enjoy a barbecue lunch on the beautiful hillside, and partake in early happy hour with cocktails provided by Jack Daniels as we listen in on a conversation with women who work in the industry. The conversation will be led by yours truly, your hosts of the Steel Magnolias podcast. Learn more about the event at steelmagnoliaspodcast.com. You can grab your tickets there and we cannot wait to see you on May 30th. And now on with the show. Fried chicken also known as Southern Fried Chicken, although we would never say that here, it's just fried chicken, which is simply breaded chicken parts that have been deep fried. Now, that's the simple way of putting it, but the path to getting the meat to retain juices and the breading seasoned perfectly to add crispiness and flavor, that is worth a discussion. Meet us at the table as we discuss fried chicken. I'm Lainey, and I'm Laura Beth, and we are Steel Magnolias, the strength of steel with the grace of a magnolia. We are here to have uplifting conversations about life in the South, and we've got plenty of room at our table, so pull up a chair. Welcome back to the table, the table that we have moved back from the Franklin Theater where we positioned it last week in front of 300 people that that was just the wildest experience we've had to date. So fun. Uh, Yeah, the table legs got all dusted off and cleaned and made shiny so it would look good on the stage. It looked so pretty up there. So yes, if you were there live and in person, you got to see it. But Hopefully you got to catch our episode last week with our interview. And I wanted to mention that we also launched merch for the event. Cute merch. Really cute merch. Cozy uh, merch. The coziest sweatshirt ever. It I, was, I got, that was the feedback. People were sending me a couple pictures in it or like, this is the comfiest sweatshirt I've ever owned. I'm like, it's not just a cute color. It is. It's, it's a really, cozy. really cute color. It's a um, kind of a deep bluish greenish color called Atlantic green it's that's the sweatshirt we have a t-shirt and we have a tea towel all with our signature peace be with y'all monogram on that there tea towel's Christmassy though and it is precious so cute so and all of it's cool for those that were not able to be at our event we are going to make those available to you to purchase online you can do that now through our website so I'll put the link in the show notes if anybody wants to pick those up for yourself or for a gift this season. Yeah. Okay. How in the world have we not done an episode in four seasons on fried chicken? So this was your idea. And I'm like, have we not done that yet in four years? Well, I guess not. you know, it comes up, but we've yeah. never done a dedicated episode on it. So and there's a lot to go over. And I'm still learning, y'all, by the way. Well... Like, I'm looking to her as the one that's going to talk about the specifics on actually frying it. But I'm just curious, what do you, uh, just before we even get Mm -hmm. in, like, what do you think of when you hear or think of fried chicken? 
Oh, I love that question. I think of Sunday supper, like a heavier um, meal, you know, on a relaxed day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I'm alone in thinking of Sunday supper because I even think about certain menus like at Cracker Barrel. Yeah. They have Sunday fried chicken like on Sunday. That's yeah. something that they don't have the other days yeah. of the week. Yeah. And I've seen that on other menus where they'll call it Sunday fried chicken. That's and I'm so like, funny. That's so fun. But that's what I think of. Yeah. It's like an after church meal uh-huh. on a relaxed afternoon. Right. Which we've done an episode on Sunday dinner. Yes. Which is lunch. And I picture and Sunday it supper is like dinner. On a table and a plat on a platter or yeah. in a bucket. Like yeah. you know, like I think of it like how it all is just positioned together, not right. on an individual plate. Right. For some reason that's how I visualize yeah. it. Yeah. Like the turkey at Thanksgiving, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like presentation is big and yeah. Well, I you know, I'm with you. I think of it as like comfort food definitely for sure i think of uh the help i know i mentioned movies on here a lot but i just think of that scene many don't burn no chicken that's exactly the quote that i have in my notes here this but the scene that that comes from is so cute because it's you know so many being the maid the help and she had been doing all the cooking for the white woman and she'd been keeping it a secret from the husband of the house and the white woman says, oh, well, he might figure out that I've not been, that I've been doing all this cooking because he knows I can't cook. So maybe we should burn some. And that's when Minnie says, uh, Minnie don't burn no chicken. <laughs> so it's, I love that movie so, so much. And then I think of just some of the, I'm going to call them fads of fried chicken being incorporated into she she sorts of restaurants the chicken and waffles okay or do you know what i mean oh, for That's, sure which i do like chicken and waffles by the way but it feels but, yeah i don't know how i don't know if chicken and waffles is going to stand the test of time like it feels a little bit like trendy to trendy. you okay. yeah yeah that's fair and kfc that's I think the other KFC. thing you think of yes yes so well that's a we'll get into that later okay so let's just talk. You've you've fried chicken. You even fried chicken in celebration of our live event celebration that we had last week. That's right. And even that's kind of a funny thing. A lot of people now the trendy thing is to have champagne and fried chicken. Did you know that? Oh, I can see that. But no, I still think of a Pinot Noir when I think of fried <laughs> chicken for some reason. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, you know, we were kind of doing a little double celebration. I had a birthday at the end of October, and we just wanted to sort of have a coming together of yes. the post-event time from the podcast. So you fried chicken this past week. I did. And I um, can go over my process, but like I said, I'm still learning. And it really encourages me sometimes when I've seen like interviews of a Sean Brock or somebody who you think of as mastered yeah. all things Southern cooking. And he says it still keeps him up at night sometimes thinking wow. about how to, you know, get it just right. Sure, sure. Um, and I loved your intro in that you do want the moisture on the inside, but mm-hmm. the breading right on the outside. And that's not an easy thing well, that's, to master. I got that from watching you and your process this week. Trying, you were, I could tell you were trying to master both of those things. Yeah. So, and we sometimes do- it does better than others that I can't always measure either. Like, what was it that made it? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's too many factors. Do the thing. But anyway. Well, we did do some video that I'll either do an Instagram reel or do something with of your Showing a preparation. Few of the yeah. So things. if you're not already, follow us on Instagram at Steel Magnolias Podcast. That's where I'll be putting up some of that stuff Let's this week. More of that. Well, let's start, I guess, with buying chicken. At the grocery store. What yeah. are we buying? So I do find now not to go negative because this is uplifting conversations about life in the <laughs> south but it's really hard to get um things the way you want them sometimes in the grocery store when the employees don't really want to be there yeah they don't care and they don't know so even... meaning like the person behind the meat counter doesn't mm-hmm. really want to have to cut meat for some reason it seems to me on the few times that i've had to ask for something wow it's not every single one right but often that's the case. And so um, we're in a world of people liking a lot of boneless chicken now. Yes. And Lainey don't cook no boneless chicken well, if she's frying it. Yeah. Talk- <laughs> Many may not burn any, but I want bone-in. Because bone-in chicken is way more flavorful right. that's than not, boneless. That's not a Lainey preference. You can ask any chef. That is that, just true. And they will... <laughs> Yes. That's just true. I'm sorry. Gospel truth. That ain't my truth. That is the truth. (laughs) Okay. So So, and and so you're saying even talking to the butcher about cutting up a whole chicken because it's hard to find the bone in already prepped out on the shelves. Is that what you're saying? So so I used to see where you would see um like a long rectangular platter that Mm -hmm. had two legs, two thighs two wings um you know the breast yeah the breast like come on you know that's just what you want or Mm -hmm. those parts Mm -hmm. and so now what i typically see if they have bone-in chicken okay it's like here's four humongous breast here's yes six or eight thighs so you're getting all of one part okay and so if you're wanting to cook for a crowd that likes different parts right i'm i'm at like 60 dollars because i've just had to buy you've invested so much in eat yeah do you see what i'm saying yeah. that many of everything right. instead of like a chicken cut up so really hard to find the parts for a getting family harder too or like you, it'd be like for a huge crowd you could right. do that yeah okay that makes sense and then it, sometimes they'll have a whole chicken but then the the person behind the meat counter, and I'm not using the word butcher because I don't think they think of themselves as that. Mm-hmm. A butcher obviously will do it for you. Sure. But this person that's just. Yeah. They just are there to tag the meat, they yeah. think. Or, yes. Yeah, that's kind of their, their inventory. They don't want to have to cut wanna, that up. Yeah. And in all truthfulness, I don't want to have to do it either because I don't right. really know what I'm doing. Exactly. And I have said this on the podcast before. I get a little grossed out with cartilage and bones and things that I... I think a lot of people... I would say the same. A lot of people... So I like it already cut up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say we found what we want. You've got your bone-in parts (laughs) of chicken. Yes. Hopefully a variety. Yes. And so I think one of the important steps in frying chicken is... To get that moisture to stay inside, you need to put it in a brine. Okay. And there's lots of different recipes for different brines out there. But think like the difference of, you know, when you go to Chick-fil-A and how moist that chicken is. So moist, yes. They have it in a brine. Okay. They use some kind of a pickle brine. Okay. There. I didn't know that. Okay. And so that's why it's so moist. It's so moist, yep. Yeah. So it, you're talking about a wet brine. 
Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, a wet brine mm-hmm. that is mostly salt based. Okay, because the salt gets in there and makes it hold moisture. Nice. Okay, and so um, I'm happy to share the recipe I use. Yeah, but mine is lemons, bay leaves, flat leaf parsley, thyme, clover honey, garlic, black peppercorns, kosher salt. So and water. All of that's in a big old pot. Yes. And you bring it all to a boil. Yeah. Um, the recipe I have is for two gallons that is for cooking 10 pounds of chicken. So I usually don't make that much. Okay. I'm, Did you make about half that? Yes. Okay. All right. So what, when they see this online, I'm just giving yeah. reference point for that. Okay. And this is at least a day in advance, right? Yeah. So that's one of the things too, is you can't really spring fried chicken on <laughs> no. me because I need at yeah. least a two yeah. day process yeah. to get all of this together. So um, once you put it in this brine, well, okay, you make the brine, you bring it to a boil, but you let it cool completely all the way down because you wouldn't want to put meat in hot brine because mm-hmm. it's going to start, start cooking. cooking. Yeah. So let it cool all the way down. And then you're going to put your chicken in that for up to 12 hours. And are we putting it in the fridge? And you're putting it in the fridge. For up to 12 hours? For up to 12 hours in that brine. Not longer than that or it's going to start getting too salty. Okay. But 12 hours is good. And that's what I did was exactly 12 hours. So I let it cool down. I put the chicken in at like 10 at night Mm -hmm. knowing that by 10 the next morning I could... Take okay. it out. Okay. So then you completely discard all that brine. It's going to be kind of gun, you know, yeah. yucky looking. Thro- um, get rid of all of that. Clean your chicken off because sometimes like little rinse them bits off. of bay yeah. leaves or peppercorns are stuck on it. Yeah. So you clean all of that off. And then in my situation, I wasn't cooking it till the afternoon, so I cleaned it all off and then put it back in the fridge. Okay. But it's ready to go to start cooking at that point. Yes. And no matter what you're doing with chicken, you can brine it. Like if you're roasting it or whatever, it's going to help. Yes. Because now it's got that moisture in there. Um, Then I love this next part because I think this is so pro. Talk about your bowl system. Okay. Well, so the next thing I want to say, though, is it's good to get your chicken down to room temperature Mm. before you start doing the next thing. Okay. And that can take like an hour. Yeah. So leave it just sitting out for about an hour. Okay. So it's getting back down to room temperature. And then I do this little bowl system. So I have three bowls. Mm-hmm. Bowl one and three are for the breading. And okay. bowl two is for my buttermilk. Okay. And so what I do is I put flour and then my seasonings mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever, if you have a recipe that you like better, just However you want to do it, you can still do this bowl system if you would like. But I do um, flour, garlic powder, onion powder, paprika, cayenne, a little salt and pepper. And um, I do the same amounts in bowls, one and three. Okay. Just mix it up. Okay. And so the flour still looks pretty white. Sure. But maybe you might see a little bit of speckles speckles in there (laughs) with those flavors. So I'll take the chicken part, put it in bowl one, kind of gets a little coating on there. Mm -hmm. And then I dip it in the buttermilk, Mm -hmm. which is now kind of sealing that in Mm -hmm. a little bit. 
let some of that drip off and then put it in bowl three for more for it to stick to now even better um, yeah. flour so that it's really nice and yeah. covered yeah and then I'll just sit it on a piece of parchment paper or something ready to go in the hot oil when right. the oil's hot right do that with all your pieces yeah and um then we're going to start to put it in the oil yep now to put it in the oil you want your oil already hot what oil what's the oil good question so the oil that you can use peanut oil canola oil vegetable oil some okay. people like lard okay yeah um you know just a yeah shortening or a crisco uh -huh. or something like that um I used vegetable oil the other day because okay. that's what I had. Okay. But I have used canola or peanut before too. Okay. And I, um, some people like to cook it like in a deep fryer. I don't have a deep fryer. Right. So I use about, I fill my um, brazer mm -hmm. dish with about a third to a half of the depth of it mm -hmm. with oil. Yeah. And so I'm going to have to cook one side and then flip. Yeah. So okay. it's it's literally boiling hot, right? Do you have you a want temperature it, gauge that I you put in? I do have a little temperature gauge, and you want it at about 320 degrees. Wow. So really okay. hot. Okay. So have an apron on. Yeah. And have your, yeah. you know, it's going to sometimes splatter. splatter a little. There's no way around that, really. Okay. Um. So you get your oil hot, and I will say that the... um. Dark meat and the smaller pieces are going to cook faster True. than your big breast True. white meat pieces are going to cook. So I like to do all the all of one mm -hmm. and then maybe crank the heat up even a little more okay. to get it even hotter for the what's your pieces. What's your estimation on a smaller to medium piece on how long it would cook? How long total I mean, it would fry? I could, are we talking I'm, 10 I'm, minutes? So typically it'll say like... If you look at a recipe, it'll say seven or eight minutes each side. Okay. I cook it longer than that. Okay. Usually. And just, you can always and get I'm a looking at it meat to, thermometer to check. Yeah. You want, once it's out and you put a meat thermometer into the center, you want it at like 165. Mm -hmm. Um, That's standard. Yeah. So just for safety. And so for a big piece, we're talking, what, 25 minutes? A while. 30 minutes, So maybe? I guess a deep fryer might be faster because it's going all the way in, whereas yeah. I'm having to flip Yeah, that's going to play into the KFC story I'm going to share here in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. It, seriously, it's time is of the essence for a lot of these places, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so that's what I do. And then I like to have a um, paper towel lined. Um, like a baking sheet or baking something? Baking sheet yeah. to soak up some of the oil when I mm -hmm. put it out on mm -hmm. that. And um, and you did such a pretty job putting it on a plate with like fresh herbs, rosemary and thyme. Yeah, just they kind sell of, a little, I think they call it poultry The poultry herbs, or something. yeah. And it yes. has the thyme, rosemary and sage. And it look, does look pretty it's on the plate pretty. or platter that you put it on. Well, it was um, delicious. Good. Eat it with your hands. No need to put out serving knives. I love that you knives. say that because we had Miss Rachel from England here who hasn't probably had a ton of fried chicken. Mm -hmm. And she asked for a knife. And I'm like, happy to get you a knife. But just so you know, <laughs> it's perfectly fine to pick up fried chicken yes. and eat it with your hands. Yes. I wonder. Yeah. I mean, okay. So let me just start talking about 
the international sort of touch that she might have had. I saw plenty of KFCs when I was in Europe. In, in Spain. I believe KFC is the largest or most numerous fast food in the world. That sounds about right. And the Asians love KFC. That's it is so the funny. by far most popular fast food you'll see throughout China. Wow. And yeah, they love it. So we're talking Kentucky Fried Chicken, the iconic old man with his glasses. <laughs> Colonel and Sanders. White goatee. Uh, yeah, so Colonel Sanders, he had a troubled childhood, and after losing his father at just the age of five, his mom had to go to work to provide for their family, and therefore, he started taking care of his siblings. Okay. And so, he was cooking a wow. lot. Yeah. He, she showed him, you know, the basic ways to cook and things to make, but he was cooking more than the average, um... Wow. 10 11 year old kid was and so he actually left home at age 12 to work on a farm and then he went through lots of jobs trying to figure out what he was going to do or probably see what could make him the most money i don't know he was a painter he was a fireman a plowman a streetcar conductor a ferry boat operator an wow. insurance salesman oh my Justice of the Peace, and a service station operator. How's that for a resume? Wow, I thought I'd tried a lot of things. <laughs> so we are talking about a little area of Kentucky um, that is Corbin, Kentucky. It was 1929, and he opened his, uh, it was really a gas station. And that was where he began to cook for the occasional customer in the back room. They're just kind of started to be a need for food while filling up. And so he knew how to cook. And so he started doing this. Now, as somebody sitting here at age 41, it's very interesting to me to hear that Colonel Sanders really got cracking at about age 49. <gasps> really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you heard all the list of jobs that yeah, I just, so those, those weren't all six month those. stints, you wow. know? And so, yeah. So if you... And if you look at when KFC was incorporated, he was 65. Wow. He lived to age 90. So he did see a good bit of its, wow. you know, wild success. But back to the gas station where it's taking him around 30 minutes to cook fried chicken. Okay. Which was a significant problem for yeah, Kurt. Yeah, I mean, but that's, yeah, that's normal. Right. But, and, but it, the fried, how are you going to do it quickly fried, when somebody's on a lunch break? Exactly. Or when they're just there for... They thought they were here for gas, but, oh, you've got food. I'll wait and get some fried chicken. Oh, it's going to be 30 minutes. Now I'm late, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> but that was his most popular menu item okay. was the fried chicken. And so to tackle this problem, right, necessity is the motherhood of inven inventions. That's right. He used a pressure cooker instead of deep frying the chicken, and that cut down the time to about eight to nine minutes, and it helped him sell more fried chicken. So he continued to experiment with his chicken recipe, and in 1938, he finally perfected the fried chicken recipe. The recipe included 11 herbs and spices, which to this day are guarded as a secret by KFC. And as of 2000, or as of this year, 2022, there are at least 25,000 KFC restaurants in 145 countries. Wow. That is like the American dream. It really is. 
so I love that it was birthed out of a gas station because I'm telling you, there's some gas stations with some good fried chicken. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Right. I've also thought about like sometimes when you've walked in a gas station and you leave smelling like. Uh huh. Yes. They've been frying foods in there. Like there's no way around that smell sometimes. Um, so just while we're on the sort of the topic of chain restaurants, I did want to mention Popeye's also has extremely good fried yeah. chicken. They're a chain. Publix grocery stores for have real, really they good have, fried chicken. They're known for their fried chicken. It's funny that you mentioned that he said 30 minutes because I went to get some bone-in fried chicken. They do both they do the tenders that are boneless yeah they're not as good I'm telling you yeah get Publix's bone-in fried chicken yeah but I went in and they were out of it and they said we'll have more in 30 minutes oh how funny I was like well I guess I'll get a couple groceries uh I wasn't planning on it but you're like well at least I know I'm doing it right that's right and then I Man, I miss so bad Mrs. Winner's biscuits are those chicken nowhere now so well, just in you know, in thinking back, any gathering where chicken was being brought to something, whether it was a family gathering or a soccer after game sort of picnic or whatever, we brought Mrs. Winners a lot That's when so I was cute. growing up. <laughs> and so and they had the most amazing biscuits and gravy. But in thinking through this episode, I was like, Where are Mrs. Winners now? Like are they completely gone? Because ours have the one we had yeah, there's in none Brentwood here. was has been gone for a long time. And it looks like they are trying to make a little bit of a resurgence. Okay. There are locations, and I'll link to them in the show notes. Tennessee only has one right now, and it's in Cleveland. That's close to okay. Chattanooga. But Georgia had a handful of them. And, you know, there was, you know, 20, 25 locations that I saw smatterings of. So they are still out there. So if you are near one and you haven't tried Mrs. Winters, that's my choice for sure. But now Memphis birthed a big, a great fried chicken joint yes, too. Yes. Not, not a chain in the chain that, that we're talking yeah, about. Not like but a yes. KFC, but Gus's. Gus's think, fried don't chicken. Don't they call it world famous fried chicken? <laughs> they do. And it tops a lot of lists if you look on different, you know, who's got the best yeah. restaurants, Southern fried chicken. Barbecue Inn out of Houston, Texas is one that I found on couple of lists that's supposedly really good as well as martha lou's kitchen in charleston and willie may's scotch house in new orleans okay popeyes didn't make anybody's list well i'm just talking about kind of the individual not the big chain oh gotcha gotcha yeah but no i feel like i've heard of martha lou's popeyes and Publix are and kfc are always on people's list there was uh, there's a southern living list that includes lots of different categories of good fried chicken so like hip new places that are doing fried chicken or you know what i mean yeah husk here in nashville is kind of supposed to be really good for their fried chicken i think yeah oh for sure yeah so that's sean brooks yeah well um yeah we got no shame if you want to just go pick up some yummy fried chicken and put some sage and thyme and rosemary (laughs) that's right act like you did it that's right (laughs) or if you want to serve it with waffles if you're making it with doing the chicken and waffles like we described i do think that there's something so wonderful about the salty fried chicken with the sweetness of syrup 
I get that. And you do put syrup on it, just like you would if you were just eating a waffle. And, um, you know, we've mentioned, we did an episode on sorghum. Mm -hmm. And sorghum is what Sean Brock brines his chicken in. Okay. When he makes fried chicken, he does a salt sorghum brine. And I've seen, I have one recipe. I I did it once. I didn't like it as much, but it was molasses Mm -hmm. salt brine. Mm Mm-hmm. Just to try it. And yeah. It was, it was good, but yeah. I like just a salty, lemony brine. No, it's... I really like the lemon to and come then through. Talk about filling. Oh, my goodness. Fried chicken alone can fill you up. Well, that's another reason. For some reason, I think it's perfect on a Sunday. It's, yes. It just feels like the day you want to have a big meal and then mm-hmm. take a little short nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gosh, that sounds wonderful even now. We also need to mention Nashville hot chicken. Okay. So, you know, I mean, I think you and I kind of still think it's funny to hear Nashville associated with hot chicken, but alas, here we are. Yeah. We have a lot of foods in this city, but for some reason, Nashville hot chicken has risen to the top and become become what we are known for. Fried chicken that the African-American community has taken to the next level is really what we're talking about as the origins of hot yeah, chicken yeah and that's just cayenne pepper making it hot it i mean it literally comes out with a reddish hue 100 like percent red hue. and i looked up a, a recipe just to see how do they make that because it looks like it's thick sure and yeah. now i know how so this recipe that i have here um from this cookbook is nashville hot based And it's three tablespoons of cayenne pepper, two tablespoons of light brown sugar, one teaspoon of garlic powder, one teaspoon of paprika, one tablespoon of onion powder. But this is what I thought was so fascinating. All of that with one cup of the hot frying oil from your batch of fried chicken. Oh. So you're putting more oil on it, it. which is, and it's going to be red because once you've put all that cayenne and everything in there, and it's liquid, so it's almost like you're painting it. Does Uh that make sense? Yes. With the spice. And I know at Prince's, they have, um, like you know, different degrees of yes. heat. Yes. And I think medium is what they recommend if you if you're new crazy. Yeah. You know. I would be on the lightest of lights. But they do not just hot but extra hot. Yeah. And I know I'm out. No. I would be that. that like dumb and dumber moment where they're just they've <laughs> the hit, they've had the red hots <laughs> that they're squirting their tongue with mustard. It's so hot. And you mentioned Prince's. Prince's is the original hot chicken that's been serving chicken for over 70 years. In 2013, the James Beard Foundation named Prince's as an American classic, which is an award that designates a restaurant with timeless appeal. And what's funny about Prince's is their hours are 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. <laughs> and the line at 10 p.m. is usually the lo- longest, the longest of, of the day. Oh my way gosh, longer than lunchtime. hysterical. Um, there is a National Fried Chicken Festival, which just happened last month in New Orleans. So the, it's an annual event. It's just about their fifth year, I believe. But it happens annually now in New Orleans. And Andre Prince Jeffries, the sort of matriarch of Prince's, she was given an award to commemorate her career 
with the 2022 Culinary Icon Award just Ooh, just last month at that cool. festival. So I That's wanted to fun. mention a big congrats to them. They're, That's very cool. I, I'm glad to see them getting for the sure. recognition that they That's deserve awesome. for pioneering Nashville hot chicken. I saw um, an Anthony Bourdain one time episode where he was eating the extra hot Mm-mm. and was like begging for milk because it was just so crazy hot. Oh, my God. Um, so be careful, seriously. Yeah. If you're trying to show out in front of your friends, that's no small thing. Right. Yeah. I guess that's very much some pride for some people, but, (laughs) you know, yeah, I would, I would take their degrees seriously. That's right. That can hurt. Well, but there is just something so, um, nourishing and comforting in feeding people. Oh yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Nostalgic food and i think that is probably the most iconic southern food mm-hmm. barbecue too but mm-hmm. there's just something about fried chicken that mm-hmm. just says the south it does it does and we love just what what you were just implying that it's usually made to feed a group or uh-huh. a family or you know yep a pe- gathering people gathered around a table so what what better symbol of southern hospitality than That's that right, right? well Finally, we can check this off of our list of topics. We are officially a Southern podcast now, right? We've covered fried chicken. If you haven't already, like I mentioned, follow us on Instagram at Steel Magnolias Podcast. We'll be posting some photos and videos this week, um, just of fun fried chicken uh, videos. Things I'm still learning, but yeah. Yeah. And check out our new merch. I'll link to the shop and we just can't wait to see some of you guys once you get your sweatshirts and tea towels to see them hanging in your own home. That's right. Please share those photos with us. Yes. It's fun to see. Yes. Well, peace be with you, Laura Beth. Thank you. And also with y'all. <laughs> <laughs>